All right, start this baby up. All right, let's start it up. If you've got a question, the voices are rising I hear. Plastics is an SBE sponsored podcast. Hey, girl. Hey, what's going on, Lindsay? You know, just matching power suits, you know? Yeah, just matching power suits and maybe some other items that we had intended to wear for um, a Santa- certain Texas event. Yeah, what was happening in Texas? I don't remember anymore. I, I can't remember. I pushed it out of my mind, but I will polo tie on all occasions now. So. Stuff, good stuff. Well, um, I am Mercedes Landazri. And I'm Lindsay Nell. Mm-hmm. And uh, with our, our powers combined. Indeed, we plastics. are the voices of resin. So might get a, a little appearance from my children here in a moment, but <laughs> so bear with me. They're currently fighting with each other, um, but it's nothing serious. Um, Mild violence. So yes, I am a design application lead for Techmer PM and I am counselor for color and appearance division. I'm also on recycling division and um, Chicago section boards. And I am the vice president of membership engagement. I'm on the foundation board. I'm on the Northwest Pennsylvania board. I'm on the injection molding board. I think that's it. If I forgot one, we'll figure it out. Um, More boards. It's fine. Um, And speaking of the injection molding board, uh, today I brought uh, one of my injection molding board homies uh on as a guest so we got chad here with us today yeah should we should we uh, just go well we should say we should say that we have a we have a monthly podcast that is sponsored by spe we talk to people in the plastics industry talk about new and exciting developments um and uh just just chat about plastics it's not solely women uh there was that question last week um and and also evidenced by the fact that we do have chad here we do have it. We do have a man with us today. Um, There's our, our proof. Token, our token male, plastid. Um, but uh, you can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, our podcasts are released the first Friday of every month. Um, and then during uh, this current pandemic, with everybody um, social distancing and and stuck at home, we're also doing a nightly um, event on Instagram Live. So if you're on Instagram, um, you can check us out. Check us out at 9 p.m. Eastern or 8 p.m. Central. Always have a drink in our hands. Always have a drink in our hand, a quarantini. Yeah, so talk about what's going on. And if you're interested, you're always allowed to go live with us. We're down. Always allowed. Always, always allowed. allowed. Yeah. All right, uh, so Chad, uh, first of all, thanks for being here. Second of all, killer beard, man. That is awesome. <laughs> quite epic. Um, so tell us a little bit of your background. Sure. Thank you. This is just one month into quarantine. So who knows what's going to happen a month from now. So keep us posted. We need uh, new progress fix. Do you have like an extra large or like a triple XL mask that you wear? (laughs) No, the problem is I'm going to have to shave it if it comes down to wearing a mask, according to the CDC. So wow, look at them trying to control your facial hair. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So thanks for having me. And I, I have to say, first off, outstanding bolo ties. I mean, but they're personalized as well yeah rocking them <laughs> nice 
So I, I'm an, a professor at NDSU, North Dakota State University in mechanical engineering, and I have for the past 15 years. Um, but along this path, I've, I've started my own company called C2 Renew. And it was based off of some uh, bioplastics that uh, my students and I created. And I met my business partner, Corey Krejci, and the two of us decided hey, in 2011, uh, let's start this company. Let's, let's, we're young enough to fail. And so uh, <laughs> let's give it a try. So. Mm -hmm. Love it. And fail you did. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah. no, no, and our podcast is over for today. <laughs> I know, no, I, and I know we're already getting off topic here, but I, I think that's the key to being an entrepreneur. You have to get comfortable with failure and, and, and learn it as, you know, learn to fail forward, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I tell my students, uh, you know, it's good to fail every day in something because you're going to learn from it. And, and Excellent. Being able to be resilient and bounce back is is um, is what it takes. I love it. I love it. So tell us about about uh, C two. Obviously, it comes from from your two names, C two Renew. So so what is it that you guys do? Yes. So we compound different types of biomasses into a wide variety of thermoplastic uh, resins, and so anywhere from uh, flax to hemp is really popular right now. Um, to even garbage, we we. We have some pyrolyzed garbage or thermally stabilized garbage that we compound into polypropylene, polyethylene. Um, a lot of people like to work uh, using PLA and PHA. And so mm -hmm. we do some blends um, with those types of resins, but even high temperature engineered thermoplastics like nylons and, and PC and ABS, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. so how did you, oh, sorry, Lindsay, you were gonna say something? No, the garb. I'm still stuck on the garbage one. Like I wouldn't be responsible for like being that. Ugh. I, nope. Just being, just being immature over here. <laughs> no, but that's that's a very good uh, point you bring up. I when we talk about our our quote unquote garbage plastic, um, you know, it's not for every application. You wouldn't want to make a toothbrush out of a garbage plastic, <laughs> no. um, but making a garbage can out of garbage is. Pretty cool. That actually, um, didn't you guys also make, uh, maybe I'm just pulling this out of thin air, but didn't you make a coffee cup out of coffee material? Yes, we did. Um, and then actually we did it. some, some, uh, kind of koozies for, uh, for stainless steel, uh, vessels as well. Um, yeah, printed out of 3d printed out of coffee. And then, and now we've injection molded, uh, our coffee plastic as well. That's so cool. I didn't even, I swear to God, this is not a product placement. This is just what I use. But um, <laughs> this little guy here. Yes. So actually, so this is some a trend that, that I've been paying attention to is, um, of course, sustainability is on everyone's minds. Um, and, you know, a, a coworker of mine texted a picture uh, of a, a really ugly straw um, that was made out of, um, it had like, it was, it was, translucent had all these like little brown flecks in it but you look at the yeah it was it was gross looking but you look at the paper wrapper on the straw and it says this straw was made using the um, agave waste from the tequila process and it was a companion product to this tequila right it was like this this taco place and they you know they use they make margaritas right so um it's this kind of um I mean, is this, is this, do you see it as a real opportunity for sustainability? Is it more virtue signaling? I mean, it's definitely a trend that I'm seeing more and more. Yes. I've, I've thought about this a lot and, um, you know, done some soul searching and, and research and, 
and I keep coming back to there's no silver bullet in how to um, make our materials more sustainable moving into the future. I think it, it takes a combination of these bio-based plastics that are being developed and the biocomposites that we produce um, making their way into application. But it also comes down to improving our recycling. And it also improves, uh, it comes down to reducing our usage in some cases. You know, it's all these different avenues that I think are gonna converge and, and make our materials more sustainable into the future. I don't think there's any one particular silver bullet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you get into a lot of different, oh, and, and I should mention that the, the little um, cup that I held up that I, that I used for my pen cup now, that was kind of in a way, you know, alluding to a, a companion product, right? Because you made that cup using the, the waste from the beer making process, which is a, a hobby of yours, as I understand it. Correct. And so <laughs> we took the residual mash and dried it down and compounded that into a PLA for those, um, for those smaller beer steins that... Um, we gave out at MPE. And so, uh, yeah, just another demonstration of how people can take our material and use it to message their products. And I think that's where we have the most fun. Um, you know, we've made uh, different types of pens out of hemp, and then those pens were used to sign in hemp legislation. And, you know, and so it's, it's funny what people come up with, and, and it, it, there's never a dull moment. Do you like find yourself having to educate people on like the opportunities available? Because I know when I talk to a couple of people about bio-based and all this kind of stuff, you know, I kind of get the, oh, well, you have the wood filled or, you know, stuff like that. And I think it's a very narrow um, focus of what gets spotlighted right now. Um, so do you find yourself doing a lot of like telling people to get outside in their own heads in this type of field? Yeah, for sure. You know, the alternative fillers that we're using in fibers for reinforcement um, um, aren't common knowledge or, you know, they don't come to mind like, like wood plastics, like you just mentioned. And so, yes, there is an edu education process there. Another thing is, is misnomer or misunderstanding that we actually synthesize resins from these biomasses. And so people ask us for some hemp plastic while well, I say timeout. Uh, we don't have hemp plastic, we have hemp filled plastic. And, and those are the types of biocomposites that we produce. Mm -hmm. now, what about, um, you know, because we see, now Lindsay and I always angry text each other. When so much angry texting. When we see people, great example of this, this hemp plastic, we see people advertising, um, you know, oh. plastic alternatives, that are actually um, blank filled plastic. Um, I mean, are, are, well, first of all, I guess taking a step back, um, we do have a, a whole um, biopolymers division. Um, and I mean, what, what, is, what is the industry doing? What are people uh, like you specifically doing to, to really better educate the public about these, these misnomers? Besides coming on cool podcasts. At yes, besides time. this moment right here, right now. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, uh, doing more talking, uh, presenting. Uh, I do a lot of presenting at different conferences and in different gatherings for, say, the Hemp Association or, or um, other organizations to kind of, yeah, really tout and try and educate what it is we're trying to do with these materials. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, there's no reason somebody couldn't break down some of the biomasses that we're working with, isolate the cellulose, and then build it back up 
you know, into a plastic. Um, but a lot of that type of technology takes a lot of infrastructure, a lot of uh, 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 financing and chemicals. And we are trying to approach it in a little more uh, simpler manner in that we're taking these biomasses and we're filling plastics with them to offset the petroleum um, based plastic to a certain degree, um, but then also make use of this waste stream. Um, because otherwise, a lot of the biomasses that we work with go to the landfill, um, which is costly for companies to deal with. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these um, like waste byproducts, where are you sourcing them from? I mean, you don't have to name specific, but like, yeah. are you at risk of, you know, running out or having to find a different source or, you know, is, is it kind of one to one? It's been on there. Yeah, it's been extremely challenging um, to, you know, set up that supply chain, that raw, mm -hmm. raw material supply chain. Uh, for one, a lot of these crops are grown on an annual basis. And so, you know, there'll be an influx and a, and a lot of material available at certain times of the year. And then it'll be a little bit scarce during other times of the year. Um, we've witnessed all throughout North America uh, both up in Canada and, and the U.S., uh, biomass processing facilities come into play. They've got material, they've got supply, and then they're bought out or they don't succeed. And so we have to pick up and try and develop a relationship with a new supplier. Um, and right now, uh, hemp is, is one of those that's really tough to track down uh, consistent source and supply for the materials that we make. And that's probably one that we've struggled with the most as of, as of late. You, you've brought up hemp several times. Um, and, you know, this is, this is, I remember hearing about it when um, states started legalizing. I think I heard about it at Pack Expo. A company was getting into to that, a company in New Jersey was getting into packaging um, during all this legalization process. And um, is, are, are you finding yourself, um, getting more requests for hemp as that becomes a, a, an emerging market for the industry? Yes, we get a, a new call every week from somebody wanting to make something out of hemp. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a craze right now. It's, it's a hot topic because we haven't been able to necessarily, we weren't able to grow it uh, previously until uh, the latest farm bill and then new legislation and in individual states have now allowed the growth of industrial hemp. And that's really, brought on this surgence of, of everybody wanting to make something out of hemp. And, you know, the, the funny thing is, is Corey and I didn't start this company focused on one particular input. We thought, hey, we can take advantage of many different biomasses that have uh, certain constituent makeup. A lot of them, you know, is, is similar to wood, and that's why they work well in, in certain types of plastics. Um, but it just the influx of people interested in hemp has, has been overwhelming. And um, like I said, everybody in, it seems like everybody and their dog wants something made of hemp right now. Oh, dogs love hemp. I was gonna say, that's actually funny because we do make a lot of dog toys and uh, we do a lot with uh, wood filled. And, sure. uh, and that's actually, I was gonna be my question. I know it's kind of a topical question, but does it smell fantastic when you're running the coffee ground? Because when we're in one, it, sounds, it smells like we're in Home Depot, and I love it so much. But yeah, what's there was and what's it smell like? Oh, I'd be jazzed. What's it smell like when you're running the hemp though? 
Yeah, very similar to wood. What's that experience? Yeah, yeah, very similar to wood, very similar to flax. Hemp processes uh, very well. Um, uh, but when it comes to coffee and some of these other materials, you're right. Uh, on a on a good hot day when we're when we're compounding, uh, uh, there's a nice espresso kind of scent in the air. Everybody's uh, a little is, bit busier, nice. a little more caffeinated. Yeah, and then when we make our material into 3D printer filaments, uh, then each user gets to experience their own espresso aroma when they're 3D printing at home. So, That'd be kind oh, of nice. so you're making you're making 3D filament uh, with with bio additives in it. Correct. With our partner company that we share our building with, uh, 3D Fuel, um, we produce the material, send it right across the hallway in the shop there, and Perfect. they they make it into 3D printer filament and distribute all over the world. Huh. So now when you when you started back in 2012, is that when you started C2 Renew? Correct. Yep. So did you did you identify um, 3D printing uh, and specifically filament as something that you wanted to get into or how did how how did that happen? Yes, absolutely from the start. Uh, that was our, our vision was let's make some of these materials for additive manufacturing and let's make some of these materials for traditional injection molding, extrusion. Um, and which we've been ramping up and, and successful at um, both at the same time, because what we liked the idea of is if we could get our unique materials in the hands of creators, developers to 3D print for form fit function, then when they wanted to go cut a tool for mass production, they, they knew where to get the same material. Mm -hmm. And um, so it almost became an extension of our marketing because we were putting this unique material in different people's hands. And then when they wanted to mass produce it, they also knew they could come to us. Yeah. No, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say marketing is a, a word that you don't hear too much in this industry. And I wanted to know specifically, this leads into it, but how, how do you find your customers? How do you market and, and who are you marketing to? Honestly, uh, a lot of it has been organic. Uh, once people, find out what we do, they see our material and somebody else's product, they say, where did you get that? How did you get that? And, uh, and it, it's amazing how many people reach out and find us. We don't need to push as much as, um, as, as we could, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, um, I gotta so ask, is there, is there a material, you know, you've got kind of the, the good ones, the coffee, the hemp, you know, all that jazz. Is there a material that you were kind of going after that you really wanted to work, but just could not make work, you know, whether it was, couldn't make it work across, you know, the filament and the injection molding, or just, it just didn't work. Yeah. No matter how hard you tried. Yeah. That's Tell good us about your failure. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm all about that. Um, one that we really wanted to make work that we've struggled finding an application for is, um, Distiller dry grains with solubles from the corn to ethanol process. Um, that's a byproduct that goes for animal feed, but we thought, hey, how can we how can we make greater value out of this? And it turns out that any type of biomass that has too much residual fats and proteins content, um, what it does is it acts too much as a lubricant and just creates some snot when it comes out of the extruder. So. <laughs> That's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that just goes the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, but maybe it smells nice. Maybe it smells like bacon or something. 
Well, it's more like uh, molasses, like cooking molasses. Okay, that's not terrible. I would, I'd sign up for that smell. Yeah. Um, so now with, uh, with anything new, you know, you're gonna have a lot of resistance, especially people have been running the same material for years and maybe even pushed back against running um, uh, recycled materials. Um, you know, you're, you're always gonna get some resistance when, when you're trying to do something new. Um, what's that been like for you? Uh, who have been your early adopters? And I mean, is, is there a success story that you can share with us that might open people's minds to using bioadditives? Yes. Um... Yeah, at first when we started producing material and we got some interested injection molders, um, you know, at first we were just sending them 50 pounds, 100 pounds for them to trial. But quickly we learned, you know, the feedback was, oh, we burnt it up. It smelled awful. It smoked up our processing facility. We don't want to use it. We're done. And, and that's when it dawned us on us or clicked that, hey, that education piece again. We have to go in there. We have to be boots on the ground and say, well, let's try reducing your temperature profile. Let's try, you know, increasing your hold time. Let's try this, you know, uh, sh shot velocity. And, and really describing or, or educating that these materials behave differently. And mm -hmm. it's just a matter of, of honing in on the, on the, on the uh, processing parameters um, to get a successful part. And so that's really what we focused on is, is not just sending somebody some material and saying, good luck. It's um, creating processing uh, guidelines and, and procedures that are a little bit different. Um, you know, the full TDS and, and then getting on the phone or getting in the facility and, and working hand in hand with the molder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know and, uh, when we started running the filled nylon, uh, we weren't drying it long enough. And yeah. uh, we had this like, bulbous part and it started kind of like, it, so like it started like exploding out the sides. It was real weird. And then we were like, what's going on? But a little education and, and we got there. We're good now. No more exploding parts. Exactly. And then we found you can over dry our material just the same. Um, yeah. And which isn't probably the first thing people think of when something's <laughs> not running right. So um, so yeah, we've we've had to educate and provide a lot of uh, processing information. And, you know, the molders that we've clicked with really well are those that embrace something new, a new challenge, and, and work with us. And, and there, we've had some great molders that we've worked with that have done just that. Um, Steinwall is one uh, out of Coon Rapids. Um, you know, we've had uh, partners just down the road here in Wapton, North Dakota, Comdell. Um, yeah, we've had, but molders uh, on the East Coast, on the West Coast have had success, and we've had a lot of... Uh, dialogue and work with them as well. We have a, a question from, from our, our viewers here, from Adam. Uh, do you measure your carbon footprint for compounding and recycling these biomaterials? Um, and then a, a follow-up question to that as well. Yeah, um, not a very rigorous, say, life cycle analysis or anything. That is something we've been planning to do with our materials. Uh, but because so many of our formulations are custom, you know, sometimes we're putting 10% biomass in. Sometimes we're putting 30. Um, they're different biomasses. They're different plastics. Sometimes we're using recycled plastics. So the, the uh, equation to figure that out uh, gets pretty complex quick. Uh, we can't just do a blanket assessment of, of one particular material and say, 
this is our footprint for all our materials. And so for that reason, it is a little bit challenging, but we do some back of the envelope um, uh, calculations for people when they request it. Mm -hmm. Well, the question was, do you try to use sustainable energy sources when processing these materials? It can really depend on location too. Yes, that depends on location. That's a very good question. Um, one thing that we've looked at doing is, is we need to dry our biomass down. And so um, we, do, we do dry our biomass and, and we have thought about ways of how we can capture that, that um, heat uh, that's lost during that process and, and feed it back into our system. The other uh, potential is, is in reference to that garbage material that- um, My favorite the, one. Yes, the uh, thermally decomposed uh, organic trash. Um, there's an opportunity there uh, to capture volatiles that come off of that process and use that for a combustion process and, and power generators and, and your equipment. And <laughs> so we are looking into those kind of alternative closed loop uh, types of uh, energy processes, but um, um, Right now, it's just ideas on paper. A couple more questions. What damage is caused by over drying? So what we've seen is, is um, for some of the polymers that we're introducing biomass into, um, water can act as, as somewhat of a, a lubricant or a plasticizer. And so, uh, you know, having 0 0.02 weight percent moisture, 0 0.03 weight percent moisture, um, can actually help in the flow during the, the processing of the material. But if you dry it down uh, uh, for longer period of time, then the material just doesn't seem to behave or flow appropriately during the um, injection molding. Mm -hmm. And we've just got a couple minutes left. Um, so let me ask a super big question. Right. <laughs> um, but what uh, what do you think is next? What's what's the what's next for C two Renew, and what is the future of of uh, on, on a bigger scale? Everything that that you're that you're working on and working with right now. I think the thing we're most excited about right now is actually uh, large format three D printing. Um, we view you know the idea of having a filament and having your desktop printer. Uh, printing filament is great, and, and that's going to continue to be there. But there are these new systems that, that you feed in uh, pellets. And so we can skip the filament step, go straight to a pellet, and feed in um, advanced composites that can be 3D printed um, into large structures. We, we uh, 3D printed a, a, uh, a coffee table out of our coffee plastic, for instance. Love it. <laughs> uh, so, so that was pretty fun. Uh, we're doing some, some recycled uh, carbon fibers, some basalt fiber, um, advanced composites that can be 3D printed in these large formats that you just can't do or achieve in a filament type of 3D process. Have you, have you been involved at all in the, um, the uh, uh, Mars uh, Habitat project and any entries for that? No, um, we've kicked around some ideas because we think, you know, there'd be an opportunity where you could compound some uh, regolith into the plastic uh, on site, recycle plastic on site, and have a closed loop to create material that, um, yeah, that can be 3D printed out in space or, or um, on another planet. Why not? Um, and we have an important question for you. Um, before we lead into our next you know, session, do you have a song you want us uh, 
to lead it with for our afternoon sessions? A song. Yeah, you don't have to sing it. You well, just have okay, to pick it for you. DJ Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's so many different good, good, good ones. You know, during this uh, pandemic and and having the kids at home, we've rewatched all of the Marvel uh, movies. You know, since uh, 2000. Solid choice. And uh, last night we finished up with uh, uh, Thor Ragnarok. So it'd have to be some Led Zeppelin. That would be, that'd be good. Okay, Ryan, that's your, that's your call. <laughs> well, Professor Alvin, thank you so much for getting on the yeah. today. Yes, thank you for having me. This was excellent. Yes, and look forward to seeing you at another, uh, or, do you have any upcoming uh, speaking events on virtually? I did, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Now a lot of those plans have changed. Um, uh, I'm taking part in an ASME conference, hopefully. Keep your fingers crossed. Uh, that'll happen uh, later in the summer. Okay. Is the well, plan. I, re I refuse to believe anything past uh, the end of May. I don't care. You can't convince me otherwise because I don't want to. <laughs> so I'm in. I, in I, also, I also have to get my flax uh, carbon fiber paddleboard out on the lake. So. Hey. Oh, is that what that is? I thought it was a wall, but I no, guess that makes more yeah. sense. <laughs> it's a paddleboard that's made from flax and carbon fiber and an epoxy resin from tree sap, believe it or not. So well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now we have now Mercedes, we need to make a trip up to North Dakota. Oh yeah. Well, after after everything has been resolved. <laughs> we'll be there. We're tuning into plastics. Uh, you can catch us first part of every month uh, on iTunes or wherever Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And um, every night during this quarantine's um, Instagram live, if we'll you be there. Question the voices of brothers in our ear. Oh, last chance. All right.